2: Unpack your knives and stay. Yes, stay. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Top Chef ASMR podcast. I'm Haley Strong. I'm joined here today by some great friends and great podcasters. Tanya, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for asking.
2: Was that like ASMR. calming? Was it calming or set, like unsettling?
3: Both. Okay, cool. E- cool, cool, equal. Equal. Cool, equal.
2: <laughs> Kirk Clark is here.
3: I'm glad it's just the three of us because I don't think there'd be much room for one more. Nope, mushroom.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, I got it. okay. okay. I like, <laughs>
3: <with> their <laughs> Padma already stole the fun guy joke, so I had to.
2: That was a good one. Yours is yeah. yours. I think is better yeah. than Padma's. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Padma has absolutely lost her marbles being in quarantine? Yes. In the top chef bubble.
1: Yeah, I think that last week's episode proved that.
2: <laughs> <Did laughs> that well, a tipping point. Did you love the, the Padma videos?
1: <laughs> I did. I thought they were so camp that I couldn't not love them because they were terrible. <laughs> but also, it's Padma having fun. So, how can you not
3: enjoy it? The, com- the comedy pie in the face one was like, the, I think the only natural sound seeming one. But the, uh, yeah. yeah, we didn't spend enough time talking about Padma with a whip uh, <laughs> uh, for the action one. So
4: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: that was, uh, that's the uh, reason. <laughs> 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 ah, but that was last week and this is this week. And we're, we are down to what well, this is the final. This was, the, this was 10, although we kind of technically are back at 10 given. Last chance kitchen and a returnee.
2: We'll get there, Kurt. Let's not end the podcast before it even begins.
3: I'm yeah, laying. Kurt. I'm laying out the map of things we'll discuss. I'm not going in oh. depth into that now. Oh, Does you're a cartographer look- now. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Does my face look too close to the camera? Like I feel like I'm it's only when you lean
3: in close to the camera.
2: <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> Anyway, people can't even see this, so what's the point of me saying People it?
3: cannot see this. No, Look there's big hope. my hands left though. There's the like, six $100,000 patrons that, that are watching right now. <laughs> Can you imagine? Okay. Yeah.
2: Uh, that'd be the dream. Anyway, would I have to pay tax on that? I would. Probably. IRS, don't come for me, please. I already owe a lot of money to the government. Um. Hi, oh. my name's Haley. Welcome to Top Chef Podcast. <laughs> Today, we're talking about Top Chef, the podcast. Um, Quickfire! This felt um, a little mm, more wild than I think we've seen quick fires in a while. Like with some unnecessary complications, I would the, say. Uh, yeah. Are you talking
3: about the
1: stumps?
2: <laughs> yeah. The Why? Stumps and the,
1: the stumps and the spiders. There, <laughs> there were that
2: spiders. Seems, that seems like against health and safety.
3: Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I doubt that they're deadly and it's not like you can't have yes. so many like parts per million of spider in your But that's
2: like a whole so were we considering one spider like one spider part because it's still together?
3: Yeah. Ew. No. Um the, it did, no spiders. It did feel a little cutthroat kitcheny in terms yes, of you that's get to sabotage. Like.
2: Yes. You get to
3: sabotage one of your competitors and replace their workstation with a stump. <laughs> like okay. I love the mushroom part of it.
2: Yeah, I and thought this, that was cool. Oh yeah, this, that part was great. Our good friends of the podcast, Bryce, not a fan of the mushroom part of it. He sent me a video telling me he hated it. Um, but <laughs> he I also, also did like the floral
3: challenge last week, so he's just like down on quick fires. <laughs> but
2: um, I didn't like the floral challenge last week either, though.
3: I would have wanted to try nearly. I think all of these dishes. Like I was just curious, yeah. like the 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 range of flavor. I think it was was. Tom was saying, I believe, you know, this is the closest you can get to tasting earth, and and honestly, That's I was
2: endear me more to mushrooms. Yeah, you know, no. it doesn't,
3: it doesn't, but um, I could mushrooms, eat, but, but I not could because literally eat
2: dirt if I wanted. Anyone, I think
1: anyone could, but <laughs> um, but I, I I love mushrooms, and it's not because I want to taste the earth. Mm-hmm. It's I, not. I,
3: I took that to mean like kind of umami sort of like. It's, it's, didn't say that, Tom. Didn't say that, Tom. That's true. Yeah,
2: and not um, say, and dirt. Let's and eat earth.
3: To to isolate our discussion to the quickfire, I was really pleased to see how it tickled me to see how happy Gabriel was that he got to work with mushrooms. Because I remember when they when they walked in and they said there's gonna be a mushroom challenge, and I remember from uh sometime in the past few episodes he had talked about like you know if, if there wasn't like on lockdown right now or he this is normally a time of year he would go foraging. so like i knew that this he'd be excited about this i didn't think i'd be that excited about it but i'm glad that he performed well in it too it just seemed like this was something that was really important to him mm-hmm. uh as as an ingredient and um so it was glad to see that he performed as he did in the quick fire
2: yeah, so we're creating a dish featuring local Oregon mushrooms. There's a bunch of different ones, and it said where they are from. I love that. But then, for some reason, <laughs> they had to cook on, they had to prep on stumps. Oh, which yeah. was just unnecessary because it's called Portland Stumptown. We knew that from the, you know, Robin from How I Met Your Mother's uh, project Stumptown, where she plays a Portland <laughs> detective, question mark? Haven't seen an episode. Will not see an episode. I'm busy.
3: I also have not. Uh, I thought you were going to mention the seemingly unnecessary better than bullion products tie-in, which didn't really play out. Never
2: much. unnecessary <laughs> because they're giving the show some cash money.
3: They're giving the show some cash money. They're giving Gabriel some cash money. But also, but, but only
2: one person seemed to use it.
3: That's the thing. Only that's. I think I. I know that Gabe had like some uh, bullion. Like tortillas or something. I've got the the sheet up. He had the the mushroom bullion tortilla. Um,
2: Why is it I said, better than bouillon?
3: Uh, like <laughs> I, marketing probably <laughs> because yeah, because some
1: marketers <laughs> said so.
2: Like, is it not bouillon? I, like, I, it's probably it? not
1: cubes. It's probably
3: a does it have substance to be of some kind? This does is, it
2: have to be a cube to be bouillon?
3: I'm in I the FAQs on the Better Than Bouillon site. I'm um, looking up
2: Bouillon on Wikipedia. Oh, Bouillon is a um, a city in Luxembourg. Huh.
3: I'm on Twitter. <laughs> we're all. I like how we're like internet <laughs> detectives. Go team. Ah. Um, the funny thing is, one of the frequently asked questions is apparently not. Why is it better than bouillon?
2: <laughs> so, like, is it not bouillon?
3: Um, the funny thing is, we're giving more lip service to better than bouillon than the Well, show they did.
2: okay. Well, they unlike can blocks are, and we can read a thing about it. On unlike the air. better
3: than unlike blocks or cubes, better than bouillon makes it easy to add just the right amount of flavor to your dish. We only well, use, is it so that's, a, it the that's a form of the, factor. the perfect um,
2: amount?
1: Uh. So it's not cubes.
2: Oh, it's not cubes. This roasted garlic base from Better Than Bouillon sounds delicious, not going to lie to you.
3: We're Uh. a a base, a flavor enhancer, a kitchen shortcut, a secret seasoning, and pretty much whatever you want us to be. So um, the site does not do a good job of explaining why they are better than bouillon. Um, But anyway. um, Should I get in touch with them? Yeah, sure, why not? Sure.
2: How can we help me today? Um, Just ask a question salutation hello my name's Haley. my last name is strong
1: can't believe this is happening live are on you- the podcast
2: <laughs> i'm not telling you my email address on air but you can find it pretty darn easily now can't you my phone number what are they gonna call me that'd be nice
3: <laughs> like, sorry you're canadian we can't help you with your question
2: enter- they want me to enter my address are you no this is just a step too far should i just write them
3: I think we write them a letter? I think we learned of a way that they are not better than Boolean. I don't think Boolean asks for your address.
2: No, like why do they need my address? Are they gonna are they gonna send me a sample kit? It feels like they dated
1: Boolean and then they broke up and now they (laughs) form their own (laughs) (laughs) group and they're like,
3: We're better than Boolean. She's like better than Ezra. Is that the It was
1: good living with you, Boolean, but now we're better than you. I'm out eat. of this.
2: I'm not giving them my address. Yeah. It
3: so this is the Go ahead.
1: No, I was just gonna say so Top
2: Chef. Yeah. What? What are you talking about? Top <laughs> Chef? What is that?
1: So Top Chef.
3: Um
2: I yes. want to try lobster mushrooms. I, I want to try, try chicken, chicken, of the, the chicken, of <laughs> chicken of the Woods. Chicken of the
3: Woods? Chicken of the Woods. Oh. Uh, at first I thought, like, because the first dish we saw with that was was Chris's fried chicken of the woods mushrooms. And I'm like, did he like just come up with that? Like he's like, oh, that's a clever name for your dish, but no, it's like it's called chicken of the woods, and he fried it. Yeah, that's um, what I thought too. I, I didn't. I thought that he was like um, naming his dish. Like I think he had the oh, Oregon you know, Trail, chicken of the sea. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but he, I think he was the one that also named his the Oregon Trail in terms of the. uh uh, one of the dishes from a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Uh it so that would taste like dysentery, but um, he. I thought, I thought he was doing like a clever name again here, but no, it's it's called Chicken of the Woods, and
2: that's just how it lives. Yeah, so like you said, Chris, I mean, fried Chicken of the Woods mushroom with mushroom rank. mushroom barbecue sauce. Unfortunately, as delicious as that sounds, he was in the bottom.
4: Mm.
2: Our good friend showed made mushroom katsu with classic katsu sauce. Sounded I would have. I think I would have eaten all of these.
1: I would. Have tried I definitely would have tried them all. Yeah. There's
2: nothing that I'm like.
3: Whoa. The the um there there were a couple that was like the concept. There's there's no concepts I wouldn't have tried. Obviously, there were a couple of things where I think Tom sure. had reacted. That's a little chewy, but you know, still you know, fix the dish. Let me eat it. Or let me Who's, the, d- whose dish it.
2: was he with? Like, whoa, and there was like a complete music change. With,
3: uh, I think it might have been.
2: Byron? No, Nelson. Nelson's.
1: It was, it was, it the, was also the one who oversalted. So
2: Byron. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. It was Byron.
3: Also, b- both on the bottom, perhaps mm-hmm. fittingly.
2: Um, Abishar made fried chicken of the woods with mushroom cream, cream and grilled pickled mushrooms. Sounds nice. Sounds
3: wonderful. And I think up to this point, I just thought, oh, the mushrooms called fried chicken of the woods, but later I find out that fried is the add on in terms of the preparation because <laughs> i was trying to google because like the next day i was trying to google it and i was like uh fried chicken of the forest and i wasn't finding anything and then it was like giving me lots of fried chicken recipes and then finally it's like i finally stumbled upon it um and i re-watched the episode today and yeah so chicken of the woods let's tell me more i just want fried chicken so thanks
2: yeah. I'm gonna go after this. I'm gonna pick up some roasted chicken for my mother and grandmother as a Mother's Day like dinner, Mm. and I'm mad at myself now that I didn't order myself one. Mm.
3: I was I was reading up on chicken of the woods online, and apparently, it gets its name because of almost any you know edible fungus or i don't know if all fungi are technically mushrooms but any of the edible mushrooms that you can find through foraging it is one of the ones that like it often is described as tastes like chicken like literally it's like the most chicken like of the ones that they um of the mushroom family that's so wild it's weird yeah. literally
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got me there kurt Right. Uh Gabriel made seared foie gras with fried chanterelles, oyster mushrooms, and oven roasted figs and herbs. It sounded tasty Nom nom mm. nom,
3: nom. I don't yeah. often
2: like gravitate towards uh foie gras, but yeah, this look nice and like balanced
1: this looked like
3: balanced. I, think I, I talked last week, I think about how when I was in Tokyo, I had foie gras with uh like kind of a strawberry topping mm-hmm. um. Quite a fan of foie gras. Uh, there's some. So there's some burger places in Vegas that top uh, the mm. top their burgers with foie gras. It's really good. And so I would That might been, be a
2: little rich for me. Like foie gras, uh, I want like one give me all the spoonful,
3: rich. please. I'll take all the richness. I would. I, have I, a would, weak stomach, I would have stomach though. I would have been all over this.
1: I don't want to like foie gras, but I yeah. really do, and I love figs as well. So, like, give me all the figs. But the I feel everything. like
2: I feel like I don't eat enough figs.
1: No, I don't think anyone does.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a real problem.
2: Aren't they I mean, like, not technically vegan? They're
1: not really? because of yeah because I think what is it a wasp that dies inside of them uh, and so they that, to make the fig and so they're not technically
3: vegan because there's an animal in them
2: but or the not wasp an animal or the 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 fig eats the wasp kind
1: of yeah
3: thing. so there has to be a wasp sacrifice for a fig to live.
1: Something like when that. When you put it that way, it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> I think that
3: that's the case. The way some varieties of fig are pollinated means every edible fruit of some fig varieties contain at least one dead wasp. So by eating a fig, you are dead eating a dead insect. <laughs>
1: hmm <laughs> I
3: mean, uh, you
1: know, they're delicious, those dead insects,
3: apparently. You know what? There's, there's spiders already in this challenge. We can have some <sighs> dead wasps. I'm fine. I
1: draw the line at spiders. I also draw the line at the way that everyone cooked during this challenge. If I was Don or Avishar, I would have lost it. (laughs) I was, I was like cussing on their behalf. I, I know that we're talking about the dishes, but like, I, I would have lost my mind if
3: people were just ignoring me when I was trying to cook my food. It seemed like there was more of a kind of tap on resources this episode during the quick fire than I've previously seen, because I don't know. if It's like just the, the nature of mushrooms. It's like they all needed to use the wood fire oven or they mm-hmm. all needed to use fryers, but there weren't baskets available. Like, you know, Gabriel was asking Sarah, can I, you know, can I co use your fryer? Um, and, you know, didn't it didn't like, I think she said that she was hoping his, his dish would end up <laughs> too oily, but it didn't obviously. No. Um, but uh, yeah, it seemed, it seemed like there was more of a, uh, drain on the the typical allocation of resources that we often see in the quick fire.
2: Would you, if you were Don, would you have just lit your stump on fire and oh. use that instead of a wood
3: oven? <laughs> That's not how fires and stumps work. It's like, not. No, it's like. What do you, you mean? Like you, you'd have to like do some. You can't just like.
2: I can't just light like, a stump on fire.
3: No, you'd have to have some like it doesn't really catch easily. You'd have to like shave up some of the stumps so that there's oxygen in, in with the fuel. How many mm-hmm. stumps have you lit on fire, Kurt? Not many because you can't. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what part of this are you not listening to? <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> you know what? I think that's it for today, guys. Great! What a great 16 minutes we just had. Uh, tune in next week. For more stump talk, stump it's, talk with Kurt Clark.
3: I mean, like it's sort of like a lightning strike and pour, pouring gasoline on and lighting it. It's just it's just hard to the bark now. If there's actually the the bark around the stump would have been easier to catch on fire than the stump itself. Mm. So
2: okay, um, good to know for when I'm on top, Jeff. I need to light
3: on fire. This was actually be kind of. What like? I guess like the top three. I'm only saying top three because I go and think of three like back to nature challenges. We've got the stump. We've got the one where they had to use. I'm thinking back to Philip. Remember they had that that uh, solar powered oven that was like very delicate.
4: Yeah. Um,
3: And uh, then the snow. And then the snow and the camping one in Colorado where they where was it? uh, Carrie made a cake. Carrie, not Cassie. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, she made a cake in the snow. and was that the one where pregnant Leanne was also like, yeah, not she was like, <laughs>
2: um, I'm going to call. I'm going to take myself out of this yeah. one. Thank <laughs> you, everyone. Um, Dawn was in the top with her wood fired roasted mushrooms with tarragon marscapone cream and chili vinaigrette. Oh, my God. This looks so it good. It looks really good.
3: I'm wondering, like, I know when she when she described it, she she's, you know, it's wood fired roasted mushroom with chili vinaigrette. And then later Tom was like, and what's the white sauce? Oh, that's a tarragon marscapone. I'm like, why don't you just include that like in the original description? Why would you not describe an element on your plate? But I was glad that the the lack of ovens and fryers did not impact her. She made it in the top. So that was, I was happy to see that. That was great.
2: Uh, Sarah made a chicken of the wood schnitzel and I just wanted more from her plate. Like it was just like, here you go. One thing on a plate. Enjoy, everyone. It's like it could have used the yogurt sauce, almost. And,
3: and technically, the second schnitzel of the uh, week. If we so many last schnitzels, chance, last chance kitchen. But we'll get there again. I'm not going ahead. Don't worry, Haley. I'm not jumping.
2: This is my podcast, Kurt. I'm keeping right. things in line. <laughs> Sorry,
3: I'll I'll get back.
2: I'll only speak when spoken to, just keeping things in line. Uh, I've never kept a single thing in line before. No. Yeah. <laughs> Gabe made what I felt like it was my most orderable dish of the challenge with a chanterelle taco with mushroom bouillon tortilla. Mm-hmm. This look sounded probably was delicioso.
1: It looked great. And uh and easy to eat, which yes. is important.
3: Yeah, I'm um, checking to see. It says a mushroom. Okay, there's a yeah. They do have the uh, better than bullion has a mushroom base. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was wondering like wait, there's mushroom bullion or sorry, there's mushroom better than bullion, and uh, apparently there is. So, Kurt, how do
2: you feel about a veggie taco?
3: Oh, i do it. I'm not, I'm not anti-veggie. It's just like um, not
2: your most orderable. Like if, if a taco place had 10 things, and you could pick three tacos like you're never going to pick a veggie taco?
3: Most likely not, unless it was like an interesting combination of right. yeah.
2: Um.
3: Like when I went grocery shopping the day, they had jackfruit there. And I was like, oh, do I want to pick up one of these and just see how I can use it? Like maybe I'll make some Was jackfruit. it a
2: big old boy? Oh, it
3: was, it was wow. huge. It was like the size of a large watermelon. Um, I
2: will not purchase one of those, but I would purchase a package of jackfruit.
3: It's like the cardboard box it was in. I think there were like there was like room for three. Like it was kind of wow. a, a waste of shipping or not or packing. But um, I've never seen a jackfruit. jackfruit. They look, I, I, yeah,
2: they're hmm, they're yeah they're like this big and then they're like sleeping like on a, the outside with like
3: it's like an if an avocado and a watermelon had a big baby.
2: Yeah, in terms of it's texture. <laughs> like brighter green.
3: Wow! Oh. And not to do, they had pink pineapples there as well today. Oh wow! Like in honor of Mother's Day, it was like oh, 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 it, was, oh. it was like you would slice the pineapple open, and the flesh inside is pink.
2: Like, do they soak it in like a juice? I don't or know. I or didn't like inject read it. Up.
3: I don't know. I didn't read up on it. Um, huh. it, was, it was from um, it was from Del Monte. Uh, so it was like also like a known brand too. So, um. <laughs> I don't know, There is it like pink grapefruit? Uh, did they suddenly come up on a strain of pink pineapple? And if so, why are we just seeing these now? I have a feeling it somehow died in some way.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, although there is a pink pineapple fruit, uh, according to Dr. Google. Um, the pink, <laughs> yeah, I think this is it. The, the pink glow, pink pineapple gift box. Um, yeah, from, from Del Monte. So yeah, so pink glow, pink pineapple. Um, they are grown in very limited quantities, harvested by hand, so it doesn't sound like it is um, uh, soaked in anything. Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah, of course, you know, internet. Please correct me. So,
2: people don't correct us a lot on this podcast.
3: Yeah, correct us more,
2: which is surprising because I feel like I say a lot of dumb stuff that's easily correctable. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I'm waiting for someone to take issue with my stump comments. I oh, was yep. stump on fire just last week. Okay.
2: Please
1: write in with all of your stump fire information.
2: Or so, if you're a stump scientist, Yeah, let a, us know. a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson made sauteed crab with chanterelles and oyster mushrooms. He was on the bottom with that dish. They felt it was more of a crab dish than a mushroom dish or something.
1: Uh, hmm. I like crab. So. Me too.
2: <laughs> but I was thinking. I was just thinking. I was like, "Whoa, is this like crab legs, or was this more of that canned crab that our good friend Jim was talking about last week?" now I'm all thrown off.
1: Canned crab. Mm-mm. Yeah, like like like
3: yeah, like shredded, like salmon like except crab. Yeah. yeah. No. No. I. I get, <laughs> I get it. Like, I get it. I just don't approve. Um, Would
2: you eat canned crab? I have.
1: <sighs> Maybe if I didn't know that it was
3: <laughs> canned <laughs> crab. Um, it's also the only dish that really had a that wasn't. I mean, that was like a protein a kind of. Yeah, if mm-hmm. you don't count the figs, it's the only fish that I think wasn't really, really <laughs> vegetarian. <laughs> we're
2: counting the figs, but we're not counting the foie gras. <laughs> <laughs>
3: there as the same dish, but uh, yeah, but no, the, the crab though was like the most like straightforward yeah. protein. You're right, the foie gras as well. Um. Is black
2: like- rock considered
3: protein? Yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: it has to be. Well, cool. right? just I, you know, that was like my lean. It was like I figured, but I just you know, sometimes it's just things are not as they appear. Maria made a lo- lobster mushroom and Sean Perel cabbage wrap. Um two ways to eat this, apparently.
1: <laughs> yeah. Looked <laughs> impossible, one of the ways.
2: <laughs> Our boyfriend Tom ate it with a fork today. <laughs> He, and Padma just, just went for it. Maria doesn't make, like, a small plate.
3: No, she doesn't make a small <laughs> plate. She doesn't make... Uh, I think the, the the drive-in experience was probably, like, an exception in terms of bite-size, mm-hmm. not messy. Yeah. Um, She's not going to make you some finger food, do you know what I mean? I guess it wasn't even bite size. It was, it was a full, like, sausage in a bun. But it was at least it wasn't messy, but... um this was like we saw Dawn, I think, cooking earlier also with the lobster mushrooms. I don't know if it didn't make it into the plate or or what. I thought that she had used it as well, but but seeing the lobster mushrooms like in a skillet being, you know, you know, sauteed, I was just struck by how much it looks like lobster. I and know, I it
2: was cool. I'm very into that.
3: I don't know if it the tastes if the taste is all like lobster, if it's completely based on like its appearance, but color me intrigued. I would try the heck out of that.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm very, very into that idea. Oh, wow. um,
3: Lobster and then, mushrooms are not mushrooms at all, but a parasitic mold. <laughs>
2: <What>? <laughs> how dare you do that to me?
1: Don't don't Google any. No more Googling for you. You've lost your privileges.
2: <laughs> Turn off your computer. Sign <laughs> <laughs> on with your phone. We're going to call your landline.
3: Yeah, we're going to do it live. <laughs> it sounds like, but it does sound like it's more because of how they look as opposed to how they taste. So, Ooh, cool, cool.
2: Um, Byron, also in the bottom with his confit and grilled mushroom over a bulgur. The way he was talking, I really thought he was going to be in the top. He was like, I am classically French trained, and I'm aromatics and (laughs) flavor. And then Tom was like, this is shit. I
3: didn't quite use those words.
2: I mean, Uh, close
3: enough. Unreported. Not just under, but on. I'm a big fan of bulgur. Like, there was... was Bulgur, I hardly know her. There's a uh when I lived in Chicago. There was a Mediterranean place uh near me where you had the choice of getting it over like uh some of the dishes over basmati rice or uh uh bulgur. And it was really good. I was a huge fan. I approved the bulgur. All
1: right. Haven't had this grain, but sure. Yeah.
2: good. Never say no to a grain. No. no. All right.
3: Oh uh, so Gabriel ended up winning.
2: Good for him. He yeah. didn't win immunity, but uh, he did win uh, ten grand. Yes. Which is nice. Everyone loves ten grand. Everyone loves ten grand. I'd love it. I'd I'd love ten dollars. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone wants to PayPal me ten dollars, sure. Feel free. Yeah. PayPal all of us ten dollars. Wait till, till they turn on have.
1: wait till they turn on tips for us on Twitter. We're all gonna <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> Although I did feel just the tips, just this, it daily. <laughs> oh no.
2: what uh, it's going to be right there, and I'm not going to just pick that up.
1: You're going full <laughs> bloom on us.
2: I mean, Michael's gone. He's not gone. He's not. Gone. He's, He's not, gone. Gone. not like this. I'm just. He's just not. Michael with us is right gone. Now. He's still doing Top Chef interviews though, over on Parade, So check them, bad boys out.
3: I'm only salty because I didn't make the joke first. Um, <laughs> the were you as
2: salty as Byron's dish?
3: Yes. Oh. Tom hated me. <laughs> Tom uh, wouldn't hate you.
2: Look your hat.
3: <laughs> we'll get there. For, the, for uh, the not
2: million dollar patrons,
3: this is the Kurt is wearing a
2: Tom hat. The
3: closest thing, it's just
1: it's a backwards. A, it's,
3: it's a Kango. Oh, right. It's okay. just a backwards. Uh, okay. up, uh, the, Newsboy hit, cap. Newsboy cap, yeah. Uh, that was the closest, like putting it backwards is the closest I could get to imitating.
2: I was convinced.
3: There you go. Mm. Um, um,
2: so the second part of the episode was really, really special. Um, the top chef contestants went and talked to some indigenous peoples about, um, the food they use land, why food is so important to them, how they treat it, you know, the traditions in it. Um, I thought this was stunningly beautiful and this is something that top chef needed. Um, I feel like the first however many seasons of Top Chef were just so very much like French cooking is the only way to do things, and if mm-hmm. you're not like stylized in that, then you're trash um and Top Chef has not always treated indigenous relations with any tact whatsoever, um proof by the Thanksgiving episode in Top Chef Boston uh so it was nice to actually really highlight. Oh, the traditions of indigenous peoples. And it was, I thought it was so beautiful. I cried. I was, I'm a big crier, but like throughout the, I was just weepy for the back half of this entire episode.
3: I was getting teary eyed too. And they were just talking about the, you know, the swimmers and the forelegs and the roots and then the bear. I, I was just the, the, how important this was to their culture and just how attentive the chefs were being towards the explanation. And you could tell it was like really, it was a really kind of special challenge for many of them in terms of wanting to honor, like, you know, you know, to really honor the ingredients and the customs and culture of the people. Um So it was, it was, it was really beautiful to see the, um yeah, it's, it's, this is the sort of thing I would have like love to, like learn about and to experience firsthand myself. And then, um, you know, even like, you know, fast forwarding to like them getting to try these new takes and these new approaches to the ingredients that they know so well was also I think was was fun to watch. So
2: For me it's a it's it's top chef's responsibility as a cooking show set in America to highlight every aspect of what makes up American cooking. And I think Mm-hmm. including Indigenous people, and in that is so vital. And a piece that I feel like they've been missing for a long time. So I'm glad that this season is really, really highlighting um, a, a lot of those pieces. And, you know, over the summer, we watched Padma's shows or show, and w- we were all really struck by that entire series. And I love that that's almost kind of being presented in a Top Chef format this season.
1: Yeah, it was really powerful when Padma was saying that there were originally 60 different native populations that used to live in, in Oregon and that they would be cooking with, you know, the, some of the first foods. I think that that part really kind of like led me in personally to just kind of thinking about like land acknowledgements and like what it means to uh really kind of like understand and acknowledge the the toll that like the american dream has taken on you know the native people and to have the show honor not only the culture of this particular uh group of people um but like to show us and to show these chefs exactly the, kind of like where food comes from in america was really powerful to me and the whole, you're right, Haley, like the whole back half of this, I was kind of like weepy and like, you know, like just really inspired, frankly. And I think that all the chefs were too. I mean, you know, we're, we're not skipping ahead, but like, you know, they were saying that this was the best meal that they got overall. And I think it's because this story was so powerful and like the, the place that they were in was so beautiful that it just, gave the chefs an extra something and they mm. put that into the food.
2: Yeah, I was really blown away by this episode. I was really excited that we were getting content like this. Uh, the Elimination Challenge, create a surf and turf using local game proteins. Um, you know, everyone pulled a knife, they, they either had a fish on it or um, a game protein and they had to pair up with somebody from the other side and make a surf and turf and I was I was really excited. I made challenges like this where, I, like, you know, it, in concept, it seems simple, but it's really not because a lot of these, um, the fish and the meat don't um, traditionally aren't paired together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really cool, and I, I thought this was like the most creative challenge or creative that the chefs have gotten so far.
3: Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about the distinctions between, say, elk and antelope. In terms of like what makes each uh, protein kind of stand out, or the, the the traditional or expected uses of each versus like the the kind of the red flags of using each, and so I would not have like when Padma says you know make sure that you have a protein and a you know a, a, a game of meat and a fish that can work well together, like I would have had no idea. But obviously these are, are trained chefs, uh, and so they have a have a bit better of a a, a catch on that, but. Um, you know, I've said previously that I'm not like a so huge just kind of like fish person, but all of these dishes kind of fall into that category of, oh, this is an interesting preparation that I would never have tried otherwise. So I think again, I would have tried any of these happily.
2: Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite moments was when Abishar like it I thought it was a correct question to ask is like, how would you like us to present this?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And like in what way? And they said to him. You're a chef, i don't know figure it out I <laughs> was like yeah. oh yes Amazing.
3: well and it was not it wasn't just that it was also like the acknowledgement like you're on a competition show yeah
2: and yeah.
3: like you know do like do what you you're even like yeah I said you're the expert but you have to you know do what you'd want to do to win but i think it, I, I agree it was a good question to ask especially if that wasn't clarified before mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you don't want to go into this and then suddenly you know turn out that um it's like well, you presented the four-legged before you presented the swimmer, you know that sort of thing in terms of the 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 how the how the the, the proteins and the ingredients are typically used, and so verifying that you can put your own twist on this and that you're trying and still be um, respectful, I think was a was mm-hmm. kind of at the root of his question, and it was yeah. and fair to yeah. ask. Yeah, I think so too.
2: And I think they were able to all show respect through their dishes by using the ingredients that were gifted to them um by the people at the challenge uh, i thought that was really brilliant um wh- what was it there was um what potato was it
3: the oh uh I know what you mean (laughs) was it the
2: duck potato
3: yes yeah it was that hadn't been harvested for what a hundred years yeah
2: and they Uh, were apparently
3: apparently, well apparently it's difficult to harvest yeah so it's not like a like the harvest only happens every hundred years it's like it's kind of paying the ass and so we you know you're lucky we did this for you
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i'm glad that somebody used that So, let's get into it um they this was a pair challenge. Padma told us that a whole pair was going home. um I was nervous for every single pair. I'm not gonna yes, lie to you. They too. did a great job at convincing me that every pair was going
3: home. I was just the opposite like i maybe it's because both Gabriel and Nelson are on my draft team. Maybe it's because um I was fearing for that and but I just felt this ep- entire episode, it was, like, so telegraphed that Gabriel was going home. Like, I thought, like, just from, like, shots during the, the quick fire and the constant commentary about, well, I, you know, would be really great if I had immunity. Um, and, like, the, the, the edits about how he's, the, the, the comments about he's kind of a, a pain or seeing Sarah and Shoda say, like, well, who do you think's going to take control of that team? I just I just felt that the writing was on the wall. And so I was not at all surprised that it was
2: the last like, week we saw Maria like be all over the episode. I was convinced she was either going home or winning and neither happened. And she was all over this episode, too. Realistically, like they weren't in. I, I don't think they were actually in the bottom. It looked like they are in the bottom. But for me, it seemed like they were very much the middle.
3: They weren 't even up for like consideration like they were in the, the bottom three, but when it was coming down to the conversations, it was really between uh, Gabriel and Nelson and Avishar mm-hmm. and Chris like Maria and Byron just happened to be there mm-hmm. but on the second on my on my rewatch of it, I did pick up on more of the potential like trouble in the kitchen between Byron and Maria yeah. in terms of what to choose
2: so um so Maria. Maria had elk. Byron had salmon. They made a green mole elk with duck potato puree, smoked salmon, and berry sauce. This sounded wonderful. And it
1: really, it looked really good too. Yeah,
2: I, I agree. They should have put mole on on the dish, and I yes. can't believe that Byron said no to that.
3: Yeah, and th- and this, I'm, I'm trying to remember the only berry i remember seeing specifically called out was the elderberry so i don't mm-hmm. know if that's kind of the consistency we've got a few dishes that have the berry in it and we don't know if that was it but um yeah there was a, i think a more successful use of a a mole with uh don and gabe mm-hmm. but uh i was you yeah, know surprised like you know let's you know up the sauce level here and the The smoked salmon and berry sauce just sounded actually, you know, amazing to me. So,
2: and I love that they smoked it in a cooler. How creative!
1: Yeah, that was yeah.
3: really cool. I was thinking that cooler will not be able to use for anything else. <laughs> like that. that is was, now the smoking cooler.
1: I was freaking out because Byron was like, "Okay, we're going to smoke this. How are we going to smoke this?" And I was like, "You don't have a plan yet. <laughs> you,
2: you decided that you're going to smoke this, and you don't have a plan. Okay." So I also it, felt the same way. I was like, "What, what do you? What do you mean?" <laughs>
3: We've seen that that smoking thing where they have to kind of cram in the shavings into it, and then like light like that. And um, but I'm glad they, they they didn't end up winning, obviously. But I'm, you know, I'm glad they got the plan put together. Yeah,
2: yeah. Don't sign me up for doing any cooler smoking. I'd, I'd <laughs> eat a cooler smoked salmon, but I will not do any cooler smoking personally. -hmm. Avishar and Chris presented deer and sturgeon. Um, They made grilled sturgeon with venison and duck potato croquette, mushroom puree, and pickled chanterelles with sturgeon caviar. Um, It didn't. I didn't really see much of the grilled sturgeon on the plate. Did you? Like, I, I I vividly remember the venison, but don't necessarily remember as much sturgeon. I think that was one of the sticking points. Was that? Sure, they used the caviar, but they didn't like use too much fish.
3: Yeah, this didn't really. I mean, other than, like, some... Like, th- what am I trying to say is <laughs> is that, like, the, the only real negative commentary at the table I had heard was primarily in Gabriel Nelson. I'm not even remembering what was wrong mm-hmm. with, with Abishar and Chris, to be honest.
2: Do you think the croquettes saved them?
3: Um... Potentially, or just the fact that they used it, or that they used the duck potato.
4: I, I, um, the duck like, potato
3: yeah. probably did, because yeah. people thought that the that that was really
1: unique and kind of broke, brought everything else together. Yeah, yeah, and that was the, yeah, that was the croquette too. So, possibly, and it's weird that there wasn't a lot of sturgeon on the plate because it's a huge oh, fish. There's so oh, much sturgeon.
4: <laughs> I,
3: on the rewatch, I was like when they go down to. Together to the to the the shoreline to fish. I'm like, wait a minute! Did I, the first time? Did I miss it? Did they have to catch their fish too? I was like, luckily no, because that would have actually been rough. Is like not only you know, have you randomly knife drawn a sturgeon, you are now responsible <laughs> for catch, you catching You can't cook. It. You cannot cook your meal until you catch that specific fish. Um, so I,
2: I've caught a few sturgeons in my Animal Crossing days, and oh,
3: okay,
2: I I. Was pretty shocked at how well the Animal Crossing people pick the sturgeon.
3: Those things are ginormous. That would be a great quarantine quickfire challenge. Is like you get to pick a random gamer, and then whatever ingredients they have harvested within their Animal Crossing account, those are what you get to cook with for this quickfire. Hope you enjoy
2: wasps and you know
3: (laughs) That was
1: last week's (laughs) quick fire. Yes.
2: Uh, Dawn and Gabe were in the top with their bison and catfish dish. Um, They made bison tenderloin with catfish and pumpkin seed mole. I'm really excited by Dawn's trajectory. Yeah, I love the way she's able to take her knowledge of what she's done similar in the past and translate it to the plate. Where she said, "Like I've never cooked bison like this before, but I just take took what I know from the past." And she made a one like she did a fantastic job. I would love, 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 love to try this bison tenderloin, and the pumpkin seed mole was was a real hit amongst mm. the judges.
3: I was very curious about this one. I would have wanted to try it.
2: It seemed like the theme for
1: all of these meals is that the sauces were the thing bringing the surf and turf together. Um, which isn't necessarily true of a traditional surf and turf. You just kind of get the two proteins.
2: It's um, the mashed potatoes that really brings together a traditional <laughs> surf and turf.
3: And I think it was um I think it was was it uh Chris who was saying for the Abishar and Chris dish that, that mushroom puree was kind of meant to be the bridge between the uh, deer and the sturgeon. Um so yeah this uh we, we've We've seen quite a bit of mushroom usage here, yeah, it's the mashed it's, it's the the mashed potato of the fungi world yeah, I'm excited for
1: Dawn. I think that she's doing great, and she cooked a really beautiful piece of meat, like it just looked fantastic.
3: Oh,
2: it was so and- beautiful.
3: And I like that it was Gabe was saying that like, typically they, you know, you hear catfish, you immediately think fried. Mm-hmm. And they said, like, let's, you know, that was going to overpower what Dawn was doing with the bison. So let's, you know, let's like think of a different way to prepare it.
1: I'm also glad that she cooked the bison and not the catfish, honestly, because mm-hmm. it, it's so stereotypical that like a black person would be the one cooking the catfish. So I'm glad that she did not.
3: I wonder if they had, because I know she drew the bison knife. I'm wondering if the intent was that they still, because they were going home as a team, so there was nothing saying that they couldn't work on each other's proteins or not. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if that was kind of an unspoken element. Like, did uh, Gabriel prep the antelope and Nelson prep the trap for the next dish? um, Yeah,
2: because Shota really had his hands up in in the smell. I I wonder. I don't know.
3: Mm. Because I'm wondering if they could have, because I think like if we if we jump to the next dish, you know, where Gabriel and Nelson made the crispy skin steelhead antelope chanterelles and berries, the they said that they really liked the the antelope. That they I, th- I think even in the judges' table they were saying the the antelope might have been the best prepared piece of game that entire episode. But it was the trout that really kind of brought it down in terms of being overcooked and. um and so, like wondering if one of the like, obviously they went for like the, the team has to go, but I'm wondering if they could have done like the two worst components. But uh, that's not how it ended up happening. But uh, at the same time, Gabriel was really seemed like he was in the driver's seat in terms of whether or not to, how does how to serve the fish.
2: I feel like they should have done a soft cook on the stillhead trout and just taken the skin, the main nice skin off the bad fish, and put. The skin on the <laughs> <laughs> just like
3: just like staple it on, there. yeah, or
2: just like crumble it over. or something yeah. I don't maybe, know. I maybe add a
1: sauce something. between
3: the layers. Yeah,
2: we, we,
3: we did. We did hear Gabriel say a couple of times that maybe if I just had taken the crispy skin off to and wrapped that around the envelope, I'm like. That actually sounds good. I like it. I like a crispy. but but then
2: I don't think that's enough fish to
1: satisfy. No, it's
3: not. It's just the skin. Yeah. Just take
2: the skin off and put it on the fish.
3: I I would, I love a crispy fish skin. Having it on a game meat seems like that would be quite tasty. But yeah, and then he was questioning the same thing as like, you know, I don't know if that would have been considered enough of the honoring of the you know the, the fish part of the challenge but
1: they were really um running out of time to toward the end mm-hmm. uh like they were really really the group that was pressed for time and it's one mm-hmm. of those things with nelson that oh, yeah. you know it being injured that really like played into how he was able to work in this challenge and in the quick fire even um it's like, you know, what happened last year with our last season with Gregory when he hurt his back and like really could not do anything. Um, it's it's sports, basically, like you can't when you're injured, you can't play. So yeah. it really it really sucks that that happened to Nelson. And it really slowed him down in terms of what he was able to do.
3: Not
4: yeah,
2: the, he basically like and I, I feel like Gabriel is very understanding. Of his limitations, at least, and was kind of like, okay, well, like, put you at one spot and you'll stay there and you can do what you can do from that one spot. And I'll, I'll try and run around as much as possible.
3: Mm-hmm. The, yeah, it's, it's not the sort of show you would think medical evac, but it's happened now a few times.
2: I feel like there should um, be more there medical should, evacs on here.
1: There, there should be like someone who is there, like a medic, to give people medicine. Ibuprofen. Sorry, it's just not going to cut it for something.
2: Get that boy a cortisone shot or something. I don't know how that
3: works. (laughs) I'm wondering if it's a little bit like like tough as nails in that like the moment he breaks the bubble and has to go to the hospital, like he can't come back. Like it's just. I would.
2: I would think.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The um, like then and Gabriel, and feel free to to push back on this. Is I hadn't. I still. Looking back over the weeks, I've not seen the uh, asshole side of Gabriel. Like Maria, kind of references in at the end, like I, I love you. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss you being an asshole. But then she's like, like, literally, I love. Like, I haven't seen that. We've got a lot of confessionals about it. I've seen Gabriel um, give unsolicited advice and potentially incorrect unsolicited advice or even solicited advice in terms of like in the very first episode, like they were talking about like a mole and like, and uh, so I can't remember what, what dish they were going to potentially pair it with, but he suggested something and Maria was like, uh, what are you talking about? No, that's not how that works. So there's some things where he doesn't necessarily have the knowledge and he'll still offer his, his opinion or thoughts, but I haven't seen that the dark side of Gabriel. And I think specifically to, when he and Dawn paired up on the beer and coffee challenge, like that was one where several times he was like, I'm stepping back. I'm letting her stuff shine. Um, I'm going to like, you know, sacrifice parts of what I would want to do so that, you know, her vision can, you know, is sure to be represented on the plate. So I just, it just felt a little bit like there were, uh, that the producers were trying to create a villain where there wasn't one this season.
2: Yeah, he's definitely, like, if we had to make a list of the biggest assholes on Top Chef, like, I'm not even sure if he's cracking the top 25. Yeah. No. No. But
1: there is something to be said about someone who is in his particular, like, social location, who is, like, mm-hmm. kind of a know-it-all kind of guy.
3: Well, you know what I mean? Oh, Joe, totally.
2: That's what it felt like. He, he was Gabe's was, Yeah.
3: Yeah. I should I should say Gabriel's playing it so we distinguish between yeah. the games, but um.
1: um, but yeah, I mean, it, he didn't. He just seemed like an intense. I think it's probably because I've just spent my entire life surrounded by intense assholes. Um, being in debate, like I, it's all that I've I know, and so I'm just like, oh, he just wants to win. Like he just yeah. he just really wants to win and is focused. I can understand how that type of personality could rub a lot of people the wrong way. Um, So I get it. I and I get why. You know, you trust the the ideas of the people who are living in the house. Mm -hmm. And so, if there are several people and like doing confessionals and like being like, "Oh God, Gabriel," then there has to be something that's happening. But no, I do not think that he reaches to the tier of villainy that. We have seen on Top Chef in the past, even like some of the the people who we have coming back to do like guest um, judging this year. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> so, uh, like,
2: and I, I wonder if if it's the case for a lot of the women in the kitchen that they've met 500 people like Gabriel in their career, and it's just like another guy like this trying a... to tell them what to do. And yeah, even if even if Gabriel is like the light version of that, it still can be like irksome where you're like, I'm on Top Chef. Like, obviously I'm good enough. Like, why are you, leave me alone? Like, why are you presenting this to me?
3: imagine like you, you've potentially been away from your restaurant for quite a while now. If you've had to you know close doors for any reason and take, okay, I finally get to cook. Okay. Something completely new Top Chef. And then you're like, and then here's this personality type that is the one thing I didn't miss about it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was. It was. I was gonna say. Was gonna say oh, the um, speaking of villains, um, there were. I don't know. You probably didn't get the same commercials as us, uh, Haley. But what commercials,
2: my friends?
3: Marce- I oh, that's true.
2: I record the episode and I zip zip through them.
3: Well, I zip zip through it, but then I stopped and rewinded. Like is that a? It looked like a Top Chef because uh, we had. A, we've, I think we've had one with Carrie before in terms of uh, you know showcasing a product. We had Marcel cooking with better than bullion. Ooh, mm-hmm. love that yes. for him. Yes. Um,
2: did he make a bully, better than bouillon foam?
3: Foam. I did not. I do not. <laughs> I didn't pay that much attention to what he was doing. I was like, "Well, oh, that's him." How dare okay, I you? Can, I can continue fast forwarding. Um, and I think it was. Gosh, I'm trying to remember. There was a brief series that he was on. It was like Marcel's, uh, like Science Kitchen or or you know Molecular Kitchen or something, mm-hmm. uh, where like I think. It might have been like a you know six episodes, and then it was like a him and his team are hired to cater some specific event, but they're you know they're they're going to him because they like his whole molecular gastronomy thing um and so it's like always how can we make this weird and sciencey and you know but um anyway, yeah, Marcel a little bit of a Marcel sighting, always nice. fun, yeah.
2: So we say goodbye. To, oh, wait, we haven't even talked about Sarah and Shota's dish. What are we doing? Oh, my God. So, okay. Um, my friend Emily texted me, and she said, listen, look out for the chemistry between Sarah and Shoda. It's, it's there. I am shipping them.
3: I, was I trying am to think what in there. I was trying to think what they Could you do a ship name? I was thinking about that during the episode. Like, it would be Sarah... Uh, Sarata. Sarata? Shora Shora Shora. 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 I like Shora. Right. Um... Or just Shoda. Yeah. <laughs> like, the also. Have, That's why I was having trouble. They have they're like the like like tiny, could
1: like really, you know,
3: end up together, and I love it. And they're like the chuckle twins; like they both have infectious laughs. <laughs> um, and do, yeah, you was think,
2: like, do you think Sarah actually wanted to work with Smell, or she wanted to work with Shota?
3: Hmm.
1: Well, she said she wanted to work with Shoda. She literally said it.
2: <laughs> um, they had rabbit and smell. Um, they had what I thought was the coolest preparation of the fish, and they did multiple preparations of the mm-hmm. fish, so I think that's why the smoke-smelt-crusted rabbit was, like, very acceptable. Um, that sounds lovely.
1: Yes. I've, I have I've never gone... heard of anything like that before. Oh,
3: mm-hmm. no. Um, I've actually gone smelt-dipping before. Um, as it as it's called here in West Michigan, you uh, you uh, you go out down to the the pier in Grand Haven, and it's not you don't take a like a fishing rod. It's like you kind of lower uh, it's like a it's maybe three foot by three foot net, like a square kind of net, and you just kind of lower it straight down into the water, and you let it, and you kind of pull it up, and there's just a bunch of smelt there. Smelt dipping, mm. look it up. <laughs> That wasn't a, that wasn't a command to you two. That was a recommendation to the folks at home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, Haley's like, "Just tell me, do you yeah. me what to do?" We were both like, "No, <laughs> no." <laughs> you um, just told us it was
1: um, we have to come hang out with you in Michigan, Kurt. It's can't wait! Not that far.
2: Yeah, it's not it's that, not that far. far. It's like a good meeting point
3: for the for two all of us. us. Yeah. 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 We'll, yeah, we'll just
2: go to Michigan. Yay!
3: Um,
2: Get your passports, and we'll just. Pop on over the border, do some because There's yeah. some near the Detroit border. Get your the, boots the, the,
3: and
1: your coat, and we'll just head over. If I one to <laughs> Kiki's restaurant,
2: I'm more south than you are.
3: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, No, I would. This was. I liked how it impressed it, this and some of the other dishes as well, where like the there the, were the the uh, the hosts uh, were. This is not a way that we would have ever thought to prepare this. This is really good, and I think this was another one where they kind of you know they put there was a little bit. Normally they would see the dishes be a little bit more rabbit forward, mm-hmm. and here it was more smelt forward. Um, uh, smelt forward. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I would have I would have liked this. This this interests me as well. And I can't. How did we get this far and not talk about Tom's hat? Can we just? Oh
2: <laughs> yeah, let's.
1: Talk we got about a Tom's request hat. even on Twitter to talk yeah. about Tom's hat.
2: Um. Not going to lie to you, I very much into many of Tom's um, styled choices.
1: <laughs>
2: this was not one of them. You know, I did not like this hat. I didn't either. <laughs> like- I thought he was very sexy in his um, quick fire plaid. Yeah, but when he when hat- he
1: was there for the quick fire, I was just instantly happy. I I love him so much. I hope he hears this. He just sparkles. He <laughs> he has
2: such charm. It's so hot. He's so hot. Like, it's not fair.
3: But but the the hat, did the hat get in the way of that? Uh,
2: No. No, I would just like picture
1: him from this down. I think I would probably just be like, give me the hat. (laughs) And then I'd put the hat on because the hat would look great on me. It would look so
2: cute on you. Thank you. Um, But But it just like went down to his eyebrows and like back to his
3: neck. (laughs) Did he have the glasses on too? Like the round glasses. I don't, I don't see don't if he it. had
2: glasses
1: on with the hat. I think that that would have made it better. I don't. I think feel he like had, if
2: they pulled the hat, it would have been uh, better.
1: The yeah. hat was too big. Yeah. Too floppy.
2: Yeah. But
1: like, I still it, You know. And,
3: and this did trigger me to look at <laughs> the <laughs> rest like, of. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! And once I picked up on the hat, I figured it was obligatory to check out what everybody else was wearing. I liked Gail's red leather jacket.
1: There's great. a lot of leather in this really episode because Padma had on like a leather like pl- her plum during the um, the quick fire. Um, she had on like a leather skirt, which was beautiful.
3: And then and Dale had I think just a plaid shirt on mm-hmm. as well. But
2: it's it's <laughs> like <That's> not a... <laughs> fair to me to have Tom and Melissa in the same like room. Mm. It's it's very.
3: No one's asking you to make a choice, though. I'm
2: not making it. oh, I would but not no, make a choice. You but it's just like hard for me personally to not get overwhelmed. <laughs>
3: <laughs> because I it's think...
2: too much, frankly. It's so much sexual energy.
3: So you probably weren't able to watch, not jumping ahead too far, but you no, didn't No, of watch course Last I didn't. <laughs> I did not watch
2: Last Kitchen. Or sitting beside each other, I would have just been like, I can't. I just They're can't do it. They
1: were both there and they were like doing a little like you know conversations oh. with each other and like you know they were talking to the, the it, chefs together. Too sexy it was so for me. So
3: adorable. Here. Oh, it was great.
1: It was well, really it was it one of the highlights up, of my week.
2: When it pops up on YouTube in 3 weeks, well I'll watch it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> or head over to bravotv.com now.
2: <laughs> yeah let me just Sorry. hook up that vpn so we <laughs> legally that. of course i think i don't know please i keep not talk to me government like please don't try to listen i filled out my census this week apparently about the long form version and one of the questions was like <laughs> oh like how many how many out of 52 weeks last year were you employed i was like uh first of all rude <laughs> <laughs> And then it was like, why weren't you employed for all 52 weeks? I was like, "Uh, I don't know. Maybe an entire global pandemic decimated my industry, but thank you for reminding me, census. And then I found out that only I had to do that. Nobody else I know had to do a lawn form, so they were attacking me personally, I assume.
4: (laughs) I (laughs) assume.
3: The best thing was that several times during that rant, Haley started to put the drink up to her mouth, but then she took it away to continue with the rant, and so it was the best visual imagery. Um, I'm, I'm sorry telling that you,
1: we should do this podcast live, and people we,
3: should be able to see us. We, we tried should do it live one more but it once. didn't work. Yeah, um, that might have been some user error. Um, <laughs> uh, not pointing fingers at Josh, but I think we can figure it out. Joshua... <laughs> Um the yeah, so we had Sarah and Shota and, on the top and we had Gabriel and, and Nelson on the bottom and that they're all four on my team. So I had like the winning team and the losing team but unfortunately the losing team is the one that cost me in my draft.
2: <laughs> Ripkert's draft. Goodbye Gabriel oh, and Nelson. We, Hello was, Sarah and Shota. Welcome 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 to the winner circle.
3: This was a <laughs> drafting <laughs> week. Uh, do we want to get to the, LCK?
2: Last Chance Kitchen, we're getting to it. Um, yeah, I got, again, my friend Emily, wonderful. Um, as soon as we finished the episode, Ethan tried to like look up what happened in Last Chance Kitchen. But we were perplexed by the description. So I said to Emily, hey, Emily, I know you're probably busy living your vaccinated life. Can you just send me voice notes about what happened on LCA? It's just to be confused. And being the wonderful person she is, she did that for me.
3: Yeah. The So I'm not sure what the original plan was supposed to be, but it sounded like, we, so we see the, the episode end with uh, Tom coming in and taking Nelson and Gabriel away after they just
2: finished crying. Like Gabriel was like, "I'm just yeah. wiping up my tears." Tom, like, okay, give me a sec.
3: He they and they said like one of you will have a chance to continue on in the competition. So right. I think the idea I think was going to be that they would have had to battle each other mm-hmm. and then potentially battle Jamie. But anyway, the, what was supposed to happen is kind of moot now because. Nelson uh had to be removed from the game because of injuries. Like he, he chose to 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 leave. I mean it was yeah. a mix probably of yeah, you know, he decided he probably knew if I go see a professional to check this out, that'll remove me from the bubble. Uh and that's the direction that he had to go with just for the future of his career, which makes complete sense.
2: He made mm-hmm. us scary.
3: Yeah. So I mean, oh, yeah. I'm one knee surgery and I get it. Uh, the So the two-part Last Chance Kitchen, in the part one, we saw actually Gabriel and Jamie battling each other. And they had to – they kind of – I'm guessing that they had something – before they got to the LCK, they were asked, like, what's the – like, one of the first ingredients you ever cooked with? And Jamie was rice and Gabriel was eggs. And so they each had to create an elevated dish using – Well, Jamie had to use rice and Gabriel had to use eggs. Um, And yeah. And then this is where Melissa came in and was a co-host, a co-judge with Tom. It Um, was, it was, may I say again,
1: glorious. It was glorious. And I think that this is what top chefs should be. It should just be Tom and Padma and Melissa having conversations
3: and people bringing them food.
2: I would I would die. I just need to know <laughs> that I would just pass
3: out. I can't have Melissa replacing Gail, but I'm happy with no. Melissa joining Gail.
1: That's true. I Gail does need to be there because she and Padma get drunk together and have fun.
3: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so Gabriel made filet mignon and corn custard with porcini and anchovy butter. The porcini and anchovy butter sounding really good, actually. Yeah. I would have really want to try that, especially... Having ordered anchovies on a pizza just last weekend, and it, um, and he made an egg too, right? Was this the? I think the the egg, the, the there was an egg that was part of this as well. Um, it would be on simply the I think it came, if it was involved in the custard, or not. But he was doing like an over easy egg and waiting for it to. It wasn't in the description that they put on the screen, but he did have an egg on top of this as well. Um, and Jamie and made a meat. Looks, oh go ahead, sorry, sorry. I was just going to say
1: that the way that they were talking about how they didn't think that he was preparing the meat properly. Because uh, he had it like in the yeah. oven, but when it came out, it looked beautiful
3: yeah. to me. Because he like, started um, on the stovetop and then finished it off in the oven or something like that. Fin- I think it was strike that, reverse it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Willy Wonka. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you may now have the keys to my store. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> um, Jamie made peasant style Lapsheng crispy fried rice with lemon juice and apples. This also sounded good. Um, Looks great. This is where, like, you know, she was, you know, testing the readiness of the rice by putting her finger into it, and Melissa's like, "Yep, that's how you do it." Um, So, and we end. So, what
2: happens then? You just feel
3: it's like you just can tell. Like, I guess if it's like ready or to the right consistency, yeah. It doesn't. I tend not to
2: stick (laughs) my fingers in hot things because I'm very delicate.
3: It's a a (laughs) testing step, not a prep step. Like step three, swirl with your finger. No, it's uh. It's just uh I think it's seeing if it's ready. Um but but we had uh Jamie ended up winning. Jamie is yeah, Jamie is returning to the competition. It's funny because if you'd watched the um if you'd watched the previews for next week, it says, and here's our returning. and everyone's like screaming and jumping Everyone for joy. was so excited.
2: I was yeah. like, There's no way this is Gabriel. <laughs> There's no <way> it's Gabriel. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, although they also did have and coming up in Last Chance Kitchen, and so it shows Gabriel rushing around the kitchen, and it shows Nelson running around the kitchen too. So I they obviously, that too. but they, it was just like quick fire footage. It wasn't like him oh, and, yeah. Well, yeah. because
2: did they do this quick fire at the location?
3: No, they did it um, at the they did it at the normal. Because they oh, had okay. drive actually—that's that's another thing. At the beginning of the Last Chance Kitchen episode, it's the long drive. Tom is behind the wheel with Gabriel riding shotgun and Nelson in the back seat. Stop! Oh, no, right. that's a
2: lie. That the, didn't happen. And they drove so all the way awkward. back to
3: Seattle. <laughs> and Tom even says, "Get ready for a long drive."
2: You're are you making this up?
3: No. Are you
2: punking me?
1: I no. wish. I wish that. It would be lovely to punk you, actually.
2: Imagine but, getting to ride in a car with Tom for like any time <laughs> whatsoever. I'd be so nervous. I I, mean, I would have to sit in the back seat. Well, I'm like, I can't look directly at you like this.
3: When they were when they were driving to meet their their hosts for this episode, there was one part where um, I think I think it was Dawn and Gabe were in their because each I think each pair had their own car, and the part where Dawn is just like takes her hand off the wheel. I'm like what? And I had to rewind it. Like, is she, she's driving, right? Yep. Yep. She's got her hands on the wheel. And then she like does something to like adjust her chef coat, just hands completely off the wheel, <laughs> but the but the wilderness passing by the windows. And it's like, Oh, okay. My That's grandma a show like that all the time. <laughs> oh, I will do I will take my hands off the wheel. T- I'm just yeah. surprised that for a, uh, a, a show that is heavily sponsored by vehicle product placement, that they would show footage of those same cars being driven in an, Unsafe lately. That's, That's
1: how safe, well yeah. aligned they are, Kurt. They no. don't need hands on the wheel. They just keep going. I was like, know, What's that are-
2: like? If I take the hands off my wheel, it goes. <laughs> like, <Yeah. really? laughs> this bitch has no alignment in her car whatsoever. <laughs>
3: So, so Jamie's back in the competition.
2: Yay! Team Haley! Yay! Recovers another member. I was worried I was going to lose with Avatar and then I was going to be down to one person. But here we are. We've restocked.
3: And then, but it's also, they, so Gabriel and then the four viewers in the Peanut Gallery have a second Last Chance Kitchen to see which one of them continues on as the person in last chance kitchen, which is why I'm not sure how this was, if this was originally meant to be like Nelson and Gabriel and Jamie fight. And one person comes back and then was it going to be, you know, the two people versus the four people? I don't know. I don't know what the original plan was, but here we had Roscoe, Kiki, Gabriel, Brittany, and Sasha cooking. And all that they were told was make a great dish.
2: I love yeah,
3: that. Anything, I think anything you want, like make a great dish. Yeah. Um, and so we saw Roscoe made farro and shrimp served gulla style with pancetta. And uh, it looked delicious. Add pancetta to anything and I am a happy boy. Give me some pancetta right now. I will take that. Whoever um, eats pancetta.
2: Do you have, oh. <laughs> do you have a shirt that says pancetta is meat candy?
3: <laughs> I did get my second shipment of the bacon of the month club yesterday.
2: Uh-huh. Ooh. Um, what was the bacon
3: of this month? Uh, one pack of firecracker chili bacon. Ooh! And mm. Another pack of apple cinnamon bacon. Oh,
2: that sounds I'm, nice. I'm
3: really intrigued wow. by that. not made. And then there was like a four pack of these uh, rot style sausages. Huh. Um, that there, huh. there was no special. Uh, like flavor attributed to them is just like here's some sausage.
2: Are you gonna uh, wrap the sausage in the firecracker bacon?
3: I was gonna take some crispy fish skin and wrap. <laughs> oh, <whole sausage. laughs> no. uh, that would be oh, that gives me like heart pain thinking about you know how do I want to prepare the sausage? I'm gonna wrap it in more pig product.
2: Double um, down, baby.
3: Yeah, yeah bacon up
1: that sausage.
3: This is one of my two bacon is meat candy shirts. Um
1: Are they exactly
2: the same?
3: Like exactly different- the um, same? Can I have one? Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and then, so, after Roscoe, we had Kiki, sardines and preserved lemon yogurt with sharmoula green sauce and pomegranate relish. Thomas is just like reaching into the little thing of the container of sardines <laughs> and just like eating them. And Kiki's like, right? <laughs> now, hear me out. Sardines are actually good. You're talking to a guy who actually enjoys anchovies. So, I, I buy that.
2: I, See, so you I, like a tiny fish, Aker? Eh,
3: smelts, anchovies, sardines. I like my fish miniature. Yes, I don't know
1: why sure. that's so funny. You like a tiny fish.
3: You like a tiny fish. Tuna? <laughs> it's a small can. <laughs> uh, fish eggs? The tiniest fish? I uh, love me some roe. Uh, can't get any tinier than that. Oh, I'm gonna cry. Oh, shoot. Uh, but like the moment you say like fish steak, I'm like no. Tiny, don't, give, tiny, don't give me a, a fish steak. <laughs> Kurt, the tiny fish. Fish sushi. You have t- <laughs> I mean, tiny yes,
2: pieces of fish.
3: I like tiny pieces of fish.
2: <laughs> oh wow.
3: Um, Gabriel, against everybody's expectations, made watermelon tomato salad with smoked feta. I think he's like said like he's he's. I think it almost like he was saying like he's, he feels he's cooked more with meats during the, like the first several weeks of top chef than he like would typically do. And this is just a dish he really loves. And he thinks that a lot of people are going to surprise that he wasn't going like some sort of steak or protein or, 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 you know, anything like that. It was a, it was a salad. Um, and he acknowledged acknowledge like, think Some people may think like you're cooking for your life to get back on here and you're just making a salad because with this is like, the components—it's making sure it's like seasoned right. It's really good. I'm I'm all over watermelon and feta, so I would have been, you know. Let me try this. I don't remember. If, I don't think he smoked the uh, feta in a cooler. Uh, then what's the point? Required. Yeah, what's um, the point? But I'm one of those people who
1: it looks like a great salad. Don't get me did. wrong. I would have eaten the hell out of that salad. I love watermelon. Love feta. Love all of the other components that he had. But it was a salad, and you, you know, and you're trying to do everything that you can to get back into the competition, and then you're disappointed because your salad didn't win.
2: Yeah, it's not like he had to use meat. Like that's not. I mean, play play to your strengths. Do a mushroom dish. You know, Tom loves a mush.
3: But he, he's, <laughs> I think he thought this was strong enough to get back in. And Tom said, that's "This says a lot about Gabriel." This is you says the person who didn't see the episode. Come on. <laughs> Not my
2: fault. Unbiased <laughs> opinion. <laughs>
3: um, the, but I just like
2: story checks out. Of course, Gabriel thought a salad would get it yeah, back in the competition.
3: It looked good. Tom really did like it. It did look good. And I'm kind of the same way though. Like if I if I ordered this from a restaurant, I would always be ordering something else because I didn't. Yes. I would never think this was like <laughs> today. Uh, I had sushi and a sandwich because I didn't think the sushi would be enough. <laughs> um, was it breakfast sushi? No, no, this was at lunch.
2: I breakfast sushi sounds delicious. I wasn't gonna judge.
3: I would, I would do. I would do breakfast sushi. but I just mm. did not. Um, Brittany, and a sandwich. It was an Italian sub, a small one.
2: Did you already own the Italian sub? Did you no, make I get it? Both the, both the sushi <laughs> okay. and the
3: sub were picked up with lunch intention at the supermarket.
2: Noise. Okay.
3: I could have. I could have put the sub back in the fridge because it was still in the shrink wrap. But what's but the like, point? Yeah, it's like, it's it's out. I you might as well eat it. Put it back. It's already out there.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, can't put because, the toothpaste back in, too. <laughs> yeah. Can't take it back. It's already out there. It's when Harry met Sally rules.
3: Can't put the <laughs> small fish back in the... Okay. I like small fish, but I also like big ponds, so I don't know what you do with that. <laughs> um... Okay, okay. Uh, my brain is
2: <laughs> thing by that one
3: <clears throat> Brittany made the second schnitzel of the evening she made the pork schnitzel so not a mushroom schnitzel unlike Sarah pork schnitzel with caper and lemon brown butter sauce with celery salad now looking at all this is what I would have gotten to go with the watermelon and smoked feta <laughs> salad <laughs> If I had these five things, if I was on a cruise ship where they will give you, like, you want a third entree? Sure. Uh, if I was on a cruise ship and these were, like, <laughs> the five choices on the menu, I would have been, like, you start out the cruise being, like, oh, I'll have this one appetizer and this one entree. Thank you. And then, like, your fifth day on the cruise, you're, like, I'll have these three appetizers and these two entrees. Thank you. So here I would have been, like, I'll have the watermelon salad. I'm also going to get the schnitzel. And I probably would have gotten a second watermelon salad. Hmm. I'm guessing that that's Is that how right cruises right? work? Yeah. Yeah, I've never been on a cruise. It's, yeah, I it's a delightful. More. I want
2: to hear more about the dining prospects of the cruise. Tell okay, me, let's get, let's get
3: to, let's get to that when we get to the uh, open food discussion. I'll bring it up. Okay. I'll great. Get, great. Go great, great, great.
2: Good idea.
3: Um, and and lastly, uh, and I think I think uh, Tom was impressed that she had the right level of crisp on the schnitzel. And uh, she was worried that the brown butter sauce, which sounded amazing, would potentially Did. overmoisten the schnitzel. Hmm. So she was like waiting for the last possible moment to kind of sauce the dish. Um, and yet she and, served the salad on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, huh,
1: okay. Maybe it's just <laughs> going to be soggy in the middle. And that's <laughs> what we're going to live with.
3: <laughs> and then Sasha made ricotta cavatelli with harissa, chili, and tomato sauce, fontina, and espalette pepper garnish. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is
1: what I'm talking about when I talk about food. I would have ordered the... um the as an amuse bouche, the ancho, the oh the sardines and then the watermelon salad for the app. And then I would have gotten this as my main. Because that pasta mm-hmm. looked delicious.
3: And she made it by hand, which she was like, I know this is a risk with Tom. Uh she's like this this is where it could have gone wrong was her making the pasta. And Tom is like was like, You're making the pasta? Okay. Okay. Um but she did it. Not only did she do it, Sasha won. And so End result, Jamie's back in the competition. I couldn't tell at first if they were also sending a Sasha back to the competition. I can't I think she is still just in Last Chance Kitchen. Okay. So whoever goes home next will go up against Sasha. And then the remaining four will I, again, I can't, I'm trying to remember from past seasons. We talked about this a little bit last week is in the second round of Last Chance Kitchen. Uh, I can't remember if they keep those four as peanut gallery commentators or if they start to kind of restock with new people who lose. So we'll see if the Ross go through Gabriel are back. I don't think Nelson will be coming back because he broke the quarantine bubble again, but um, we shall see. Um, but yeah, that's uh end result is we still have 10 chefs in the competition. We basically know We had 10, we have nine now, yeah, because we we had 10. We sent Nelson and Gabriel home, but we sent Jamie back in. So it isn't a net net, it's a we have, we're actually down to nine now in the competition. So that's where we stand.
2: Well, I'm looking forward to seeing Jamie back in the competition, honestly. Mm -hmm.
3: And normally I don't watch the previews, but. there, it looks like they're doing some frontline uh like catering to serving to frontline workers next yeah. week. Yeah. We so got weepy
2: been... watching the previous. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. <laughs> I like, oh, crap. I'm oh, a weepy little bit. last
1: week was a tough week for everyone, I think. Yeah. So we uh, all just had some extra emotions while you're we watching this show.
3: So that'll that'll be interesting to to catch. Um, do we want to talk about food? Do you want do you want me to do the uh do the uh AMA on cruise ship dining?
2: I do. I really <laughs> okay. want, like it. What, so what's the
3: scoop? Well, the the cruises I have been on. And so I've been on Carnival, Celebrity, and Royal Caribbean. I don't think I've done Norwegian cruise lines. but the, at least those three cruise lines. Um the the approach is often for lunches uh, and breakfasts, you get seated with whoever you're in line with. So if it's if it's, if it's just two of you odds are you'll be put at a table with four other people who you don't know and you kind of you get to actually meet some new people this way occasionally
2: i guess, so. that, I, I guess that, that does sound nice
3: because lots of the tables are like big six person tables big yeah. eight or ten person tables so uh every time i've gone on a cruise it's always just been with like either by myself or with one or two other people um and they end up yeah you just, you just sit with people you don't know and then you you may see them around the cruise later um Occasionally, they do have like little booths, like for like a four, if you have like a four person family or, you know, the, you might just actually get a dedicated booth. For dinners, oftentimes you have an assigned table and these are uh, like, for instance, it might be a table of eight. And so I remember when I went on a cruise by myself uh, for my birthday one year, it was me, mother and daughter, these two friends and then these three friends all at one table. And you just eat every dinner together. So you, you always know that you're going to end up seeing them. Um, and then at the Why did I, you
2: hate them? Um,
3: the cruise solidarity. You just kind of like was, learn to love them. There was one time where because usually also there's two seatings. There's like a six fifteen and an eight thirty seating for dinner or something like that. Uh There's one time where we did switch seatings, uh, but not because we didn't like the people. I mean, you could you can go to like the concierge and say hey, we'd like our own table or can we just go somewhere else. You can you can always request.
4: Okay, cool. Um,
3: cool, cool, cool. The uh, and that's kind of a, a set. There's like usually just a menu for lunch or breakfast that you order off of, which is, that's like not interesting. But at dinner, oftentimes is here's your list of five appetizers. Uh, then there's always like, you know, some, actually, it's usually like six or seven because usually like a, a soup or two, a salad or two, like, and then like, you know, four or five other things. And then you got a set of entrees and then usually like, you know, three or four desserts. And then, like I said, it's literally you can order. Whatever you want. I remember the very first time I went on a cruise uh, in the U.S. Um, the uh, it was like surf and turf night, and like I think the people, it was me and two of my friends, and then this married couple. And the 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 husband was like, "Can I get two surf and turfs?" And they were like, "Yeah." What would you like? We're like, "Oh, so this is how it works." Um, but there was a later cruise I went on where it's like you could get surf and turf, but that was limited to one. But um, right. But yeah, it's literally like you start out being like, I'm going to try the escargot, and could I get the um, the chicken parmesan, and then think for dessert, I'll have like the, yeah, the the apple pie, and then like by the third day, you're like, I'm actually going to get these two appetizers and uh, and a salad uh, as well, and then the entree, and literally the last time, you're like, both of these entrees look good, I'm going to get these three appetizers and these two <laughs> entrees, and you're going to roll me out of here. <laughs> um so yeah, and, and some and some ships will have actually those, that's usually what's included with the cruise. Some will have a kind of specialty right. dining restaurants for you actually right. kind okay. of I was gonna and, I was
2: gonna ask um, if that was all included
3: or not. That was my first exposure to Guy Fieri's food, was that he had a uh wow. on the pool on the pool deck, there was a uh Guy Fieri burger bar. Uh when that was like that was like free. He's like you he just waited in line and they gave you a burger and the toppings. And yeah. But uh yeah. So, Did you love it? Was it great? I re- Oh, with the guy, Fieri? Mm-hmm. It was okay. It wasn't anything special. Um, I swear the-
2: to God, as soon as I get out of this quarantine hell, I'm going straight to a Margaritaville resort. <laughs> and no one can stop me. <laughs> That's all I want. I just want to go to Margaritaville. <laughs> I'm tired of this.
1: With, with Tom.
3: Oh uh, my God!
2: Can you imagine? And Melissa, uh, and Melissa. Oh my God, my poor husband.
3: Uh, um, so that will be my report. Really, can't in, I go
2: to Margaritaville? No, I'm no. going with Tom and Melissa. In
3: I, that, in in lieu of talking about the food I've eaten and cooked, that will be my book report. Okay. Uh, my yeah. Mm.
2: I'm very intrigued. I've never been on a cruise, but I love hearing about cruises. I also, if you feel free to later DM me. The travel routes because I do love those too. I also love a good flight route. If anyone's ever just wanting to talk to me about flight routes, I'm more than happy
3: to. That <laughs> sounds <laughs> exciting.
2: Okay, say, <laughs> <laughs> what did you eat and or make this week? Um, so I I didn't
1: watch Top Chef live, but I did watch it yesterday, and I had a hankerin'. I don't often get a hankerin' for this, but I had a hankerin' for a, an authentic Chicago Italian beef sandwich. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I got myself um, a sandwich from Al's.
3: I was just going to ask if you went Al's or not.
1: Yeah, I definitely went Al's. Um, and I just, you know, there are some experiences that you can't really talk about. You know?
3: <laughs> just like, there's, no words. there's no there words there just can't. aren't
1: any words right. and it was delicious and I'm sure it's terrible for me um, but it's really good You know, it's not like I'm in a bacon of the month club <laughs> 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 I just, wow <laughs> I would love to be <laughs> I probably will be by the end of this podcast if I'm being honest with you I'm just going <laughs> to figure out all of the subscriptions that Kurt has and then get them
3: So I had um, I had been gifted. I've talked about I think the Goldbelly food website before. I had been gifted. Uh, They have some subscriptions through there, and one of my uh, friends had gifted me a three month subscription to their Sandwich of the Month Club. Ooh, I need better friends. And I and uh, I believe that one of them was Big Al's Italian Beef. So basically, it was all the fixings to make the Italian Beef sandwiches at home. Yeah. and the beef and the 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 rolls, um, the rolls are very important.
1: Um, yes. As are the darn Like it's it's just you know the whole experience. You got to have the the peppers sliced like the sweet peppers have to be sliced thick. Like there's a very there's a process that goes with it. Um, and you, you, do you get yours dipped? Is this a uh, thing that other people know about? Like who aren't in Chicago?
2: I. I have had an Italian beef sandwich. Okay. It was at Wrigley Stadium.
1: Uh okay. So, so
2: it was definitely one of those things when I went to Chicago. I was like Italian beef sandwich on my list,
1: mm-hmm. and you got it,
2: and I got it. Did, was was it, it?
1: Was it dipped?
2: I don't remember it being dipped. I do remember the bun being soggy from the condensation.
3: Mm-hmm. Do you mean okay. they serve it? I don't. This this part I wasn't familiar with. They they serve it pre dipped. Or they give you the the sauce like a French dip. To they dip it. serve it pre-dipped. I did or you not can notice. You can
1: get it. You can get the sauce on the side or you can get it what's called wet, which is just kind of like some sauce on it. I know. Or or you can get it dipped, which I is to,
2: like,
3: yeah. Pre-dipped. I prefer to do the dipping myself. Yeah. So they are calling it wet and not like eat it moist. Yeah. I don't feel want. great about
2: that.
3: No, yeah. That's, can I you can serve <laughs> it moist, please? No. <laughs> um, I've just pissed off half of the listeners by using that word. Um, I'm a Portillo's fan. Yes, uh, who isn't? Um, but but mostly because of their brownie sun their brownie milkshake. Uh, but, yes,
1: their anyway. their strawberry shortcake is also delicious. Um, Portillo's, for those of you all don't know, is like a staple of Chicago dining. They have. Not only really great Italian beef sandwiches, but they have the best Chicago-style hot dogs, which um, have some very specific components. Um, they have to have tomato, celery, salt, sport peppers, onion, mustard.
3: Am I saying anything? relish. I'd, I'd say perhaps mo- most important is what it doesn't have, which is the moment a ketchup touches it or is oh, even placed no. near it. Uh-uh. It's not Chicago-style. It's not
1: Chicago-style, and don't ever do that.
3: No. no, But yeah, Portillo's is
1: delicious, and now I want Portillo's. So, yeah. thank you. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> How about you, really? Anything fun on your end from a food perspective?
2: Um, I did have um on Thursday. Keep in mind, it was Thursday, May 6th. <laughs> I got tacos.
3: Mm. Cinco de Mayo, I had pizza, so you're fine. What you're- did we have?
2: <laughs> what did we have? Uh, we had pasta. Okay. We got pasta takeout.
1: You didn't celebrate with an authentic taco <laughs> boat.
2: <laughs> what is a taco <laughs> boat? Suck me up. <laughs> you never heard of a taco boat? Is it's, it just like a foot long sub, except like little tacos?
1: <laughs> no, it's like a tortilla basket, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah and they just—it's all of the same like, ingredients as a taco, but, like, you can, like, you know, take the little sides off of the basket and, like, use them as chips. So yeah. nachos.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nachos and bowl one single giant nacho. <laughs> kind of. It's a boat. Um, and then last thing, um, in preparation to do some Mother's Day drop-offs, I made some really lovely lemon sugar cookies. Mm. Um, We tried a new recipe of like a double chocolate chip cookie. It was weird. Uh, One of the instructions at the end was mix in the chocolate chips. Um, And that was not possible based on how thick the dough was. So I just had to. Needed it? Nobody who's going to eat these cookies is listening to this podcast, thankfully. I had to, like, mush in the chocolate chips. <laughs> and then at the end, there was, like, a bunch of chocolate chips at the bottom of the bowl that just, like, could not be mushed in. Anyways, it taste good. But Ethan was like, I think maybe I put an extra half cup of flour in it. Because instead of, I don't know, like, you would think to use it. If something was calling for, like, two cups of flour, you would just use one a cup, right? Like, you would use the measurement cup. But for some reason, instead of reaching for the cup, he just grabbed a half cup and was like, well, I'll just double it, obviously. But then he lost track.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Classic. (laughs) You gotta love it. Randomly, at the grocery store today, I bought seven layer dessert bars, as well as seven layer dip. Oh, oh, uh, dip
2: in the other... Fourteen layers of dip there's
3: there's <laughs> as far as I can tell, no ev- no overlap in layers. Um, I was trying to figure out what all the layers of the dessert bar were as far as I could tell there was looked like butterscotch chips, chocolate chips, coconut, then like the actual base of the bar it looked like were two different components so I kind count, count of five things I've tried I don't know where the other two are, but I don't think any of those components are in the dip as well. so, uh. so you
2: are going to dip the bar in the dip.
3: I don't think that would be a good idea, Haley.
2: It's not a good idea, but it is an idea.
1: It's know, definitely an idea. I know what the first single off of our EP is going to be now, and it's 14 layers of dip.
3: What could I make that it's like I've got a seven-layer dessert bar and a seven-layer dip? I could make a 14-layer something. I just don't know what that something is. Something um, about but- the
2: Top Chef podcast just makes me absolutely unhinged. <laughs> It's us. It's, it's totally like this combination us. of people and like the joy of top chef.
1: Yeah. It's the joy of food.
2: Also, banana muffins. That was in the in the bake in the oh, bakery nice. trio wow. last night. Um, if you want to see any and all of those, I just put a post up on Instagram featuring mm-hmm. them at hstrong underscore double tap it. Follow me <sighs> for more food things. You That's can also awesome. follow me if you're interested. And what I'm reading at the Strong Library on Instagram. Hmm. Check out my podcasts, including this one. Hmm. That's all I've done this week is this one. Oh. Latanya, last week Jim was on and he was so sad that he missed you because, A, he wanted to talk about debate with you. Oh, no. He was like, Latanya's not here. Like, oh. I really want to talk So
1: to so It's I'm Pfizer's
3: back. fault. It's Pfizer's fault. I'm yeah. sorry. He yeah he, he he wanted to talk both Star Wars and debate with you yeah and so. he said
2: what? he loves you on the Star Wars podcast
3: wow yep.
2: well that's
1: thank you and please come back immediately
2: <laughs> <laughs> well we'll have him back well, not but besides before. the Star Wars podcast see how I'm like just slipping this in there oh I'm good yeah, oh no, it's so is, good I know, I really I know. It. is it over.
1: It's well. It's never over. We have right. a long time to go. Okay, cool, fact cool. That's cool. the name of the podcast: cool. a long time to go. Uh, so you just watch
2: every Star Wars.
1: We're watching all, pretty much every Star Wars except for the last, most recent trilogy because,
3: <sighs> um,
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> because sanity.
2: Yeah, and like, is it that bad? Like, I'm the, never going to watch it. Mostly the
1: internet, you know. Oh, mostly okay. the that's mostly fair. the people on the internet. Okay. Um, but you know, yeah. <laughs> so I think the next thing right now, I'm not doing this, but uh, uh, Fitzy and Josh are doing coverage of the Bad Batch over on Post Show Recaps, which is wonderful, and you all should check it out. Um, that's animated, right? From Star Star Wars. it's tis yes, uh, airing each Friday. Yep. Um, I'll be back when Loki airs. Um, which has moved up its timetable I'm not exactly sure when it is now but it's in it's in early June um, the next podcast I think I'll be doing on Star Wars will be uh, solo if we're going in order well, so like you're yourself by yourself, about it
2: by yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Oh Hello,
1: a Star Wars story oh, <laughs> about nice. about Han Solo, which is an underrated movie in my. Opinion. I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I it can't is. dislike anything with Phoebe Waller Bridge, apparently. Um. So oh, yeah, that's where we're going. Um. I, I, so this is the only podcast that I did this week because we just wrapped up. Um. Our everything is super coverage of. Falcon in the Winter Soldier or Captain America in the Winter Soldier, um, as the end credits would have us all know. Um I
3: completely did not pick up on that. Yeah.
2: Neither did I. Crazy.
3: Yeah. Did you watch it?
2: No, no. of course not. Of course not. No. Does that sound it sounds like a good show? Now, do you think I would watch that? <laughs> Top Chef, Chef is the only quality programming I watch. Everything else is just weird. Everything shit. else is like this.
1: the level of Animal Crossing and
2: below. Yeah, just like soft and you know, m- usually more terrible. If you want to talk about Vanderpump Rules coming back, hell nope. yeah, I'm back. sure don't. <laughs> no, it's fair. That's fair. Uh, but other than that, you can find me
1: um, mostly causing trouble on Twitter at LK Starks. I'm very bored. So I've just been messing with people on Twitter. And uh, I'll be playing some Dungeons & Dragons coming up pretty soon. So Mm -hmm. look forward to that. Uh, It may or may not be in podcast form. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Sweet.
3: I guess I I, I wasn't sure. Were you going to wait? Can you imagine? I was like, give me the introduction.
2: I yeah, want we, the introduction. we play introduction chicken. Like I just do it and you just keep waiting for me to do it. But do I would do it because I knew you would if you were waiting for me.
4: A tear and then we just have my- five minutes
2: of silence. Tear stream
1: oh. down your face. I'm playing the piano. Uh,
3: I am at Kurt Clark with two C's. <laughs>
2: no at the front and in the middle.
3: At the, at the start of Kurt and at the start of Clark. <laughs> Uh you can find me there on Twitter, on Instagram. Been doing a lot more streaming on Twitch, been playing a lot of Immortals Phoenix Rising. If you like mm. tongue-in-cheek Greek mythology, kind of a fun game. Highly recommend it. Um so to check that out. I uh also do some streaming on uh through the dm philly twitch channel twitch.tv slash dm philly we do some tabletop role-playing games on sunday nights we are doing a game called uh, city of mist where everybody has some sort of historical or mythical or literary character infused into who they are um we are playing on monday nights a D D game in our uh a home world that a DRDM uh, Rich has brewed up. And then on Tuesday nights, we have a much more expansive crew with folks such as Josh Wiggler and uh, uh Brooklyn Zed and Melissa Woodward and uh Grace. Why, why do I not know your last name, Grace? I a leader. leader? Leader, yeah. I don't know why I, I blanked on that.
4: Yeah. Uh, and
3: uh, uh, DJ LaBelle Klein. Uh, it, we we're all, all together there playing a, a D&D game in space. It uh, was a lot of fun last week because I'm playing a giant turtle person. And uh, <laughs> DJ LaBelle Klein accidentally uh, shot me with a ballista. Uh, and uh, yeah, good times. <laughs> um, so that's that. Back to you, Haley.
2: And that's that with the podcast. <laughs> have a good day, everybody. Love you. Pack your knives and go. Awesome. bye way I got, my friends. Bye-bye, bye-bye, Love you. Good <laughs> dreams. Bye.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?